Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome to the Fox's Dojo. I wanted to do a little video since I'm back from New Zealand. The summertime tan is taking effect, although this morning I walked out to snow in the back garden. So very different. But yeah, it's been a bit of a mad one. Got back from New Zealand uh, Tuesday afternoon. Was Had my head in a book straight away and then filmed Inside the Octagon. Uh, we did three shows actually yesterday. It was my birthday as well, so thanks to everyone that uh, sent me a nice little birthday wish and, of course, all the gifts that I received from around the world. Um, but it was very kind of those that did give me some uh, little offerings. And today, I'm going up to Liverpool doing a very exciting project, a very secretive project, um, around mixed martial arts in Liverpool. So that's going to be very cool. Hopefully, something will... Something good will come of that in the future. And then it's on to prep for UFC London, which is fast approaching. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to talk about my experience in, in New Zealand because it was a very memorable one. It really was a, a, an experience. Got out there on the Tuesday. So I left the UK on Sunday night. Bit of a long way, especially in the middle seat of a plane as well. Oh, I am the worst person to be sat next to, by the way. Always up and down, especially if I'm working because I've got to get the hard drive out and you don't have enough room to put everything just in front of you. And because I'm a fidget, I can't put a bag under the seat in front. So I apologize to anyone that sits next to me on a plane. So I'm constantly getting stuff out and changing things around, which is why I always opt for the, the aisle seat, but they, they bump me off of that and, and put me in the middle, which I wasn't very happy about. Anyway, it was uh, it was definitely worth the trip. It was the warmer months down under, down in Auckland as well. And what a beautiful place. I went there once before and I got in on a Thursday and left on a Sunday. Saw nothing of Auckland apart from all of the beautiful pictures that were shown on the screen. So someone goes out and does a bunch of filming during the week, uh, during fight week of the places that we're in. And as a commentator, you talk to those pictures and I just remember seeing someone had put the drone up and like Lord of the Rings, the, the scene of everything. And, you know, it was it was it was gutting that I didn't get seen in that time. So I never knew if I was going to go back there. Uh, but I'm glad I did. Got to walk around the city. Very cool. Very, very good vibe. Really, really felt comfortable in the place. People are wonderful out there. They really are. Lovely, lovely crowd. And then on Monday, uh, so after the fights, I went to Waiheke Island with Mark Goddard and Dave Letherby, who's a judge, 
what a great day that was. We hired a car, we went around a few of the beaches, um, went past some of the vineyards, just 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 drove around and looked at the, the beautiful scenery, uh, spoke to a couple of people, I paddled in the water, it was very important to me. They, they, I was uh, chewing their ear off about getting in the water and finally they allowed me to. So, so did that, got sunburnt and uh, ate some nice food, didn't get to sample any wine, I was driving, it'd be very irresponsible. And then headed on home. So it was it was a really, really cool experience. And I haven't even spoken about the fights yet. Um, but I wanted to say at the beginning of the week, um, a couple of things really stood out for me. And I went to a traditional ceremony. It was on the broadcast, only a snippet of what was on the broadcast. I've put some stuff out, I believe. I did, yeah, on my Instagram. So you can get a flavor of, from my perspective, what I was seeing. And it was like a, a welcoming uh, from a local Maori or if you're down in Auckland you say Mori um their their sacred land and it was a welcoming and you you had to show that you came in peace and it was super intense we we had these warriors that came out of this building and they came at, at Paul Paul was kind of spearheading it and he was the one that was being invited in so we had all of that and that was intimidating enough. And then we got inside this this building and I didn't know this, but all of the city kickboxing guys that were fighting, plus uh, Volkanovski, Adesanya, the coaches and a bunch of others were all sat there waiting for Paul and his team and everyone else that was just there to really just share in the experience. And it was just super tense. And then they were speaking in their native language, so we couldn't really understand what was going on, but I'm sure that the guys from City Kickboxing did. And it was just this ceremony which concluded with a, a meeting where th their meeting is you, you touch nose to nose, so it's kind of like a forehead to forehead, nose to nose touch, very up close and personal. And of course, all of the uh, Rufus Sport guys had to go down the line of all of the City Kickboxing guys, including, of course, Felder and Hooker. And they had this very intense meeting and I was one line behind the Rufus Sport guys kind of thinking I'm a, new, I'm a neutral just just so that you guys know but even though everything was like for me it was really nice to see everyone it still felt like moody and and intense like I was going to battle for some reason uh, but I was so honored to have been there and have taken and to have taken part and experienced and witnessed everything and that got my week off to a really good start. And it it kind of empowered me to try and get more of those elements across in commentary, which is difficult. You have a walkout. Those walkouts now are broken up between three of you as well, because whoever's reporting often gets to weigh in. Uh, then there's Dan and myself. So to try and get elements in quickly is difficult because you need time sometimes to explain these things. So um, I, I tried, I don't know if it necessarily came across as uh, to the effect that I really wanted to, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this video and, and really kind of show with expression and, and feeling that I felt something very, very real and, and unique whilst in Auckland. And I'm so glad that, that I went along So I was super jet lagged. And it was as soon as I hit the ground, it was, I was in at like 10 o'clock and this thing was about leaving at three. So anyway... Brilliant stuff. And I got to speak with uh, Israel Adesanya, uh, Volkanovski as well. A few of the guys just congratulate them because they are wearing UFC belts now. And the last time I saw them, they, they weren't. And I've, I've known Alex Volkanovski for a little while now. I was commentating on may maybe his debut or one of his earlier fights in the UFC. 
And he's always been the same. You know, he's just a very real gentleman, uh, super nice guy. I think that the the Brits and the Aussies have, uh, there's obviously a lot of competitive rivalry with sports, but we get one another and we have a, a similar way that we like to kind of socialise. So yeah, it, I connected pretty early on with, with Alex and to see what he's achieved, where he's from, etc., is outstanding. To, to topple Max Holloway is some feat, it really is. Uh, and I got to speak to Adesanya when we were in Adelaide and, and had a very cool conversation with him. And ever since, you know, there's been a, a couple of little interactions every now and then on social media and he is a superstar in the sport. And again, what he represents, who he represents his people from Africa and, of course, from New Zealand to have scaled the heights that he has in kickboxing and now mixed martial arts again, an incredible story. And he's got so much more to give. Big fight coming up with Romero, just done the inside the octagon, as I said. So, again, going back and watching a catalogue of his fights really reminded me just how special he is as a, as a fighter, as a martial artist. Um, so th- let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the the fight card here. Actually, I've I've got a few questions um, to answer from you guys, and I'll get to that. But the crowd were incredible. They really were from the very first fight they were in, and they were participating, giving such a great welcome to all of the fighters that were walking out. So uh, a big round of applause to the crowd. I actually took my my cans off a couple of times during the evening. And this is no exaggeration because I I guess they're like ear defenders up until a point where you take them off. And I'd taken them off just to try and measure how loud it was, the kind of reaction, uh, both positive and negative. So whoever's walking out against a Kiwi fighter, excuse me, and I had to put them back on. It was deafeningly loud in there. I had to put them back, my, my earphones back on as a, means of protection it was that loud and they were bonkers just brilliant and it's so good to be there when the crowd is like that and it makes my job easier you can't help but but feel that kind of energy I've, I've always spoken about this you're right next to the epicenter the octagon and everything is formed around it is by all intents and purposes is circular right so you have this energy this noise being fired down to the middle and you're sat right there so it just goes through your body and and you just feel invigorated by the whole thing which means your performance as a commentator is you know it's you just feel like you're you're surfing this wave of of energy and enthusiasm makes it so much easier but it it did actually have negative effects for my voice cuz I think three fights into the main card, my voice was nearly shot. Like I was struggling. I was having to really pull back on some of my reads so that I had enough left for the co-main and the main event. Uh, but let's let's get to a couple of the fights then. Um, we started off hot with Cachoeira and that, that early knockout. She picked up a bonus. I, again, happened so quick, I wasn't fully able to get out my, my research in that. And she's had a heck of a time through a bunch of surgeries. She's got a really bad background. She's been subject to some horrible things in her life and she hadn't shown her best in the, in the octagon yet. She was up against it with losses as well. To then put in a performance on short notice, I think she had four weeks uh, against uh, Shayna Dobson was was great and to get the knockout win like she did. It sounds like her personal affairs are in a much better position. She has a partner in her life now that's much more positive for her. Uh, so, uh, so, 
hats off to her. Very pleased to hear that things are much better aligned. Then Angela Hill versus Loma Lukbunmi. I was I was very interested in this fight because they're two Muay Thai stylists. Loma, though, is very, very young in this game. And the first Thai representative, uh, she's out of Tiger Muay Thai, however, and, and they can prepare their fighters for MMA very, very well, as we've seen. But she came up against a veteran. Angela Hill has been there and done it. You know, she's, uh, I think she's left the UFC, come back to the UFC, you know, Invicta background. Just, and she's gone from atom weight and built her body up to, to fight at straw weight. She put on a, a really lovely performance, but I, I think that Loma will learn a great deal from that and will be a force to be reckoned with in, I'm going to say like a year, 18 months. I think she needs that amount of time. Sure, she's going to, she's going to be back in the octagon. But um, yeah, I think in a year, 18 months, we're going to see some serious strides in her game. And Angela Hill just goes uh, from strength to strength, breaking records as well. Six fights in a year. Good Lord, that's unbelievable, Techers. Um, Song Kernan against Callan Potter, a, another knockout, uh, first round as well. Brilliant work, Callan Potter, very durable fighter, uh, very humble. Kind of said that he was an old guy at making his way into the UFC, and and I, you know, he's not old by any stretch, but he is a veteran with a lot of experience. Um, clearly co close to Dan Kelly as well, uh, former UFC fighter and and legendary judoka. But he was on the on the receiving end against Song Kernan. Uh, Chinese fighters doing very well actually uh, on the weekend. They they just bring a, a a different ferocity, a slightly different style. Song Kernan's probably the anomaly in that because he didn't really have a background in Sander or anything of that nature. But obviously, you you take things by osmosis. Your environment, you'll you'll learn certain traits, and he's in and around that uh, training out of the PI as well in in Shanghai. Uh, then we saw uh, a bit of a war between Jake Matthews and ML Mech. I mean, it was always going to be fun, right? And Jake Matthews, just a, a bit more slick on the nights. His grappling, superior, and he came away with the win. Good to see him back. And he's talking about the long game, still super young. I think he got to the UFC when he was 19, what, 25 now, I'm going to guess. And he's in no hurry to climb to the top. And, and I think big things lie in wait for him. Uh, Jalen Turner and Josh Kulabau, I hadn't met any of those fighters before and they were really, really nice, uh, amiable young men and it was almost a bit of a shame that they were facing off against one another but equally really nice because you knew that there was nothing but respect. Had this weird little thing um, that Josh, one of Josh's best friends, is it Joel Hendricks I think was his name? had actually trained with Jalen Turner when he'd gone over to Jackson Wink a little while ago now. Um, but there was a little link between these two. Josh stepped in. Uh, I forgot who he stepped in for now. Um, I can't remember. But he came in on late notice. Uh, trains out of uh, Bondi Beach in Sydney. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting that they had that little link. But Jalen Turner is a problem, man. He's a, he's a long dude. With a lot of skills, trains in some decent places. I mean, the, the amount this guy uh, travels to train is obscene. Hours and hours and hours a day. And he's he's got a, a young family as well. So a, a very a very good support network needed. Can't imagine that's easy for any of them. But good to see him get, get a win. Uh, we saw some more of his grappling as well. A brown belt in jiu-jitsu. You can't sleep on him when he gets to the floor. And when you've got someone so long, they bring a different type 
of jiu-jitsu as well. Um, Zubaira Tahugov versus Kevin Aguilar. Well, I've I've seen Tahugov around a little while now, but he was away for a long time. Of course, his indiscretions around the, the, the Habib and Connor uh, debacle and then uh, s- some other bits and pieces, but he's finally back. And Kevin Aguilar, tough guy, um, but it was way too much for him. You know, Tahugov is very tough indeed, very well-rounded uh, Chechen fighter. They... D- what those people in that region have been through in this generation is something that most of us around the world will never understand and it and it creates a certain type of human being they are true warriors and again uh, you know I, I think from when i was first commentating on his fights to now it we let's reset and i think that there's big things uh, lying ahead for him in that featherweight division then we got to the main card, uh, Brad Riddell, uh, Magomed Mustafaev. What a war that was. I I thought that a lot of people were writing off Mustafaev, I think again, because he had had um, a, a bit of a hiatus and he'd lost his momentum that people were overlooking him. I thought that it was going to be tight. It was tight. I wouldn't have been... Like it wouldn't have been crazy to have seen Mr. Five get his arm raised, but he didn't really do anything with his grappling. And this is something that I think we should talk about in this video as well, uh, judging and how everyone's coming down really hard on judging. And, and really, I think it's a, a lack of understanding of, of the criteria. Mr. Five was, was in on a lot of stuff, slowing the fight down, but just denied largely. And even when he did manage to finally get things down to the canvas, what did he really do? Did he do any damage? No. Did he threaten with lots of submissions? No. Uh, so with that, there was that. It just doesn't. The way that the judging criteria is written doesn't really score. It just doesn't really score. So it. Uh, so I feel like uh, Riddell had probably done enough in the judges' eyes to to take that one. Um, Delima. Well, he came out. He came out fast and hard and and beat Sasoli, who was fighting in front of his. Uh, friends and family. He grew up in South Auckland, although he he trains out of, fights out of Australia. I think born in Australia, moved over to New Zealand, then moved back. Went over to Australia because just because of the bodies that they have over there in his weight division. Um, then Yan Xiaonan, oh boy. Um, and and it, this is a very, very, very sad in, in fact. So she fought Karolina uh, Kavalkiewicz. You'll hear me say it differently now to what I will on the broadcast. Uh, 30-26. Now, going into that fight, Carolina had fought everyone, right? She had fought for the title. She was uh, she was on a hell of a, skid, a hell of a skid, but I don't know if it translated poorly, but she actually said that she wanted to prove that she was still a fighter uh, going into that contest. And that, that really got me here, even before this fight. And those who have watched the fight will know why this is like quite upsetting, because... I don't know how she can ever say that about herself going into this fight. She she is such a warrior. You know, she's a proper kind of toe-to-toe, stand and bang, you know, won't take a back step type of type of fighter. And and we, we shouldn't, but you you look at how she looks and don't judge a book by its cover, right? Because she's an attractive young woman um, and, she, and she always wears this smile. But she's ferocious in the fights, and for her to think that she she wasn't a fighter going into that, like it's like please don't think that of yourself. You know, you've entertained us for years, and you've helped that division. You've helped it become what it is today. So, uh, so going into that, 
you know, I, I was keen for her to be able to put on a really good representation of herself, not because I believe what she was saying, but clearly she had some self-doubt. And then the injury occurred. And I haven't watched these fights back, by the way. I've, as I said at the top, I've been pretty busy and I've still got a bunch of stuff to do before I can get back to this. Yan Xiaonan is brilliant, by the way. Like, I think is it a 10-fight win streak, eight years unbeaten. She is a, a massive threat in this division, clearly, which is why they've been matched up. She's been matched up with KK. And she, from what I saw on the broadcast, the first injury to the eye was was from a punch but I was speaking to her coach at, at breakfast the following day with concern about Carolina and he they believed that there was a thumb in the eye and they also believed that she had reached around so as sometimes when you you pull a fighter away from you um, there was a reach around and, and she had grabbed the eye as well which had caused a couple of problems and I didn't see that on the broadcast. Um, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying it did happen. I said that I didn't see it on the broadcast. And if it did happen, I kind of feel bad about that. If I feel bad when things when things like that happen and, and we as the commentators don't pick up on it. But um, listen, it, it is one of those things at the time. And I still believe that it was a, a legitimate punch that caused the injury. But that the whole thing about Carolina and her injury and and she was facing staying in Auckland for three weeks when I was talking to her just before I was coming home I saw her come out of the hotel bless her she was still smiling um and she was telling me the extent of her injuries so this bone here was was cracked on this eye but this bone here was cracked and the nerve was trapped in there can you imagine the pain oh and she was on uh, morphine uh, to to make that that pain, you know, bearable. And her eye had like dropped apparently because of the way that the injury had happened. And they were worried about her sight. And they said it could have been dangerous for her to travel back, uh, take a plane ride, pressure, etc. But she was having to wait. And she said to me then, I might have to stay here for three weeks. And I just thought, that is just awful. I mean, a wonderful place to stay, don't get me wrong, but not on, under those terms. So I was delighted to see that she was. Uh, she went back at the same time as Paul Felder, I believe. So they both hopped on the plane around a similar time and, and are now home uh, with their families and recovering. So I wish her all the very best. And I, I don't know what she's going to do with her career going forward. But what a warrior to be able to do what she did in that fight. Or okay, she, she got beaten across the, the judges' scorecards, but she stayed in there. She never quit. I don't know. I think like the doctor should have stopped that, if I'm honest. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, hats off to her. She showed warrior spirit and never, ever, ever do I want to hear or read something where Carolina has suggested that she isn't a fighter of, uh, of an elite level with the most amount of courage. So uh, yeah, but let's celebrate Yan Xiaonan. She is definitely moving on up and and is ferocious, highly skilled. Exciting to see um, what what's next for her. Co-main event, Jimmy Crute picked up a, I think he did, yeah, picked up a performance of the night bonus with a submission over Oleg Shaychuk. He's He's got submissions already. He's been submitted by uh, Serkanov. Sounds like he wants to get that one back as well. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a young guy, spirited, had a lot going on in his last fights. 
against Serkinov. His coach was going, was having heart surgery. His sparring partner of his was in a coma. His head wasn't wasn't right. He was telling me. So it looks like things were much more figured out going into this fight with Oleg Shaychuk, another young prospect of the division. Um, but Jimmy Crute made him look like a blue belt on the ground as soon as he got his hands on him, and uh, and came away with the win. So congrats to him. Oh, the main event. Oh, that main event. Um, first and foremost, could have gone either way. I mean, what a display of, of skill, heart, determination from both fighters. They were both banged up. Felder wearing it badly, you know, swellings and blood and oh my word. Uh, but they kept marching forward, both of them. They stuck to their game plans. Um, the crowd were incredible. Uh, it, everyone was just you know, on their feet, applauding them, standing ovation. And uh, Hooker came out with the, with the split decision win for that one. Again, 48-47 either way for me. It, like, this is no robbery. People are going to be upset because they're pulling for one fighter or the other. I get that. Um, a couple of things, though. And, you know, first and foremost, I when I'm calling the fights, particularly anyone who's in the lead commentary position, like the play-by-play guy, it's so it's so difficult to call the fight unless it's very 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 clear, and that obviously wasn't. I I ha- can't give you an opinion without looking at it back. It felt like we were seesawing between, but I've got live promos coming to me that I've that I've got to talk to. There's stats that that are being presented to us. Little bit of chatter as well from producers. I'm trying to listen to Dan, trying to get across some of the stuff from my research as well. So eyes down, trying to bring all of these bits and pieces into to create a narrative and and just layer the the fight with with some backstory, which is important, I think, just to show what these guys have been through in their latest uh, fight camp, uh, the sacrifices that have been made, how they're feeling coming into it, thoughts about one another. So. I can't give you a, an, an accurate judging score from personally, but it was mad. It was mad. A few people are going, you know, are taking to social media about the judging. Now, the one thing that I do, I still see people talking about, and I even said this on the broadcast, and yet people are either not listening or, or they choose to just, they choose to believe things that they've heard back in the day and that's the round five hooker hits a takedown in the last 30 seconds and he steals the round no how can he how can he steal the round with a takedown that he does nothing with this is no slight on on hooker by the way this is just if you get a takedown you get the takedown you pass the guard you're in a position you start landing some elbows or you cross body start controlling a uh, moving towards an Americana Kimura threat and a submission. Yeah, okay. That's effective grappling. What are the chances of you doing that in the last 30 seconds? You're not going to get a lot done, if I'm honest. By the time you've managed to hit the canvas and got yourself into a position where you're doing damage, you know, most of that time's been eaten up. Not impossible, by the way, but this whole thing about stealing around with a takedown is nonsense it's not going to happen so please get that out of your head and and therefore I don't think that 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 should have formed part of uh, the scoring for that fifth round because Hooker just didn't do anything with it 
it was a, it was resistance from Felder, and then nothing was really gained. And when you're grappling, you have to be doing damage. Um, Sean Sheehan did a very good video uh, on the back of the the Reyes and Jones uh, fight card, the last pay per view, and he broke down a lot of stuff way better than what I've seen out there before. And and like I, I've never done anything like that, but he pulled up the rules and line by line, um, the the judging criteria, I should say, and line by line explained what it all meant and how how that looks in a fight so go go and have a look at that I'm, i'll see if i can link it into this as well but yeah that was a tight fight it really was um and uh yeah so i it could have gone either way and some people are always going to be upset of course now it's felder and his team and his supporters that are upset and i get it i really do especially when you've given it everything like that and and that's just the fight what about the eight, ten weeks uh, preceding that as well. I can't imagine what it's like for these fighters, especially like Felder and Hooker, their first main event, um, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm not going to rub rub salt in, but um, I sympathise with with Paul on this occasion and I celebrate with Hooker because he, he was incredible in that main event at home. Yeah, fantastic stuff. So I've got a, a couple of questions that have come back from, from you guys, which I am willing to answer, of course. So do you think there would have been a riot had Felder won? Uh, quite possibly. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think that the, the fans that I met there were, were very respectful. Yeah, they gave a, a bit of a wall of noise for Felder to walk through, but that's because he's fighting their guy. I think there was a lot of... Uh, appreciation for Paul Felder would it have been a riot I mean no I, I don't think so but I don't think the fans would have been happy because it was so tight and then therefore there's a room full of hooker fans that thought that their guy had rallied and, and got that win so um, it would have been interesting to see how they would have they would have reacted but yeah uh, there's probably a riot in in Milwaukee and Philadelphia right so I, I'm not sure uh, what's next for Dan Hooker? I think Dustin Poirier is next for Dan Hooker. That's what I see in his future. And what a fight that will be. He's called him out before. It it makes sense now when you look at the top of the division. So Dan Hooker, Dustin Poirier, what a fight that will be if indeed it, it goes down. Um, what's next for Brad Riddell? Well, he called out Alexander Hernandez and I like that call out. And he's... He's just at top 15. Let me have a look here. Um, lightweight again. And just just look at this because it's a big win against Magomed Mustafaev. But right now that name value is is not as big as it should be. I don't think people realize just how good Mustafaev is because he's been away and he's only, I think he's had one fight since he's returned. Um, here's, the t here's 10 to 15. So at 15, Hernandez... 14, Islam Makachev, who gives anyone in that division a torrid time. 13, Charles Oliveira. That, that's an interesting fight. Gregor Gillespie, again, horrible matchup for Brad Riddell. Uh, and I mean that respectfully, but Gillespie's a high-level wrestler and Brad Riddell's a high-level kickboxer. So, I mean, for one another, it's going to be difficult. But typically, we've seen like champions in divisions... Uh, the majority of them have a wrestling background. So you have to think how powerful wrestling can be. Uh, Diego Fajaya, that that guy is, is on a hell of a run right now. Um, good luck to anyone facing him. And then Edson Barboza. I mean, that is a mouthwatering fight. Oh, my word. 
But that, I mean, he's top of the tree. All of those there, ten to fifteen, are they've earned their spot. And Jesus, be careful what you wish for, right? So, I think Alexander Hernandez. I, I, is he coming back from an injury? I don't think he's got a fight lined up. So uh, uh, that makes sense. So I'd like to see I'd like to see Brad Riddell fight Hernandez. And Dan was saying that he feels like Riddell's was the star that was made out of that show. I mean Hooker, obviously, uh, but outside of that, really he he put in a, a good performance and the, and they love him over there. Who impressed most out of the Kiwi fighters? Um. I am going to say, I think I'm going to have to go with Hooker. And the reason being, and this is something I haven't spoken about. So during fight week, I obviously get to interact with Hooker and uh, well, a lot of the fighters, most of them. And the way that Dan Hooker just, just took fight week was brilliant. He was in his hometown. He's the main event. He's got the pressure of performing, but it, it just did not show he was so laid back. He um, he was really fun. Like you could have, we had a laugh when we were doing some of the interviews. I do uh, the interviews, the pre-fight interviews, as well as the fighter interviews, of course, with the other commentators. But I, I did some other stuff with Dan, and it, it was it was amazing to see how well he handled fight week as a main event fighter. And he made a good point that he has, in, his words were incremental. He is incrementally taking taking a step in his UFC career, you know, building his way up slowly but surely, giving him time to develop as a martial artist, but also as a as a as a professional sportsman, athlete, member of the media, if you like, or or, or someone who's in the public eye. So now he's in that position where he's had the reps, he's seen enough camera lenses pointing at him, he knows what to say, what not to say, what the media are looking for um, and to be relaxed and, and not be um, not be tripped up by the media, if you like. So so that was that was really good to see. So I think that he was kind of the the performer of the week for me, although Kai Cutter France and Brad Riddell did, did a great job. Uh, you know, it, it was hard, hard pick, but you, Hooker was in tough with Felder, no doubt. And he rose to the top through all of that so so well done him uh who's your favorite who's my favorite fighter who's my favorite fighter i mean it's it's a difficult one to answer it really is i i have so much respect for 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 everyone in the ufc um right now i i'm really enjoying watching fighters like valentina shevchenko i i love the way she puts it together i would i would like to see her grappling and wrestling challenged a little bit more in the future as well because we, we know she's got it I mean she's uh, she's hit some brilliant submissions already in the UFC um, so I really enjoy watching her I like watching other fighters come to the fore as well like Israel Adesanya he's very exciting I was always a big Anderson Silva fan uh, GSP so, so yeah, I mean, it's, there's just so many. I'm such a fan of this sport and I'm, we're lucky to, to have so many talented athletes in, in MMA these days, bringing an entirely different look to what we've seen historically as well. Um, 
I think that's about it, really. I would like to thank everyone for the positive comments coming out of uh, the commentary that we did. Dan and I haven't been together alone in that booth for a year now. So it was uh, it was nice to, to, to be back just with Dan and, and show that for me, whether it's a two-man or a three-man booth, I'm able to lead that dance and bring the very best out of whoever's there. And of course, Heidi jumped in as well. So she was able to to positively influence the broadcast. I said a couple of things which were incorrect and I was made aware of these. So thank you to everyone for that. I'm not salty about this, by the way. I, I, can, uh, I can see that some people were just kind of pulling my plonker. I said Auckland, Australia. I didn't realise it at the time. I have no idea why I would say that. But what does annoy me and probably any other broadcaster and anyone that's open who puts themselves up there open for criticism is the fact that you've just done like I did a seven hour broadcast and there were what 10 12 commercial breaks and I guess every other commercial break that we'd come back from I was getting it right welcome back to Auckland New Zealand Um, and and there was one where I said Auckland Australia and that might be because someone's in my ear talking about an Australian fighter or I don't know I'm not going to blame anyone else it's just a slip of the tongue but it is incredible how you can go through and do a lot of good stuff. And I was very, um, very big on talking about oh, the judging, which is I sort of touched on that, haven't I? I was big on on layering that a little bit more than what I typically would do in a broadcast. Just and we had the right fights, in fact, for me to uh, complement with some of some of that more technical stuff. And I thought I was doing an okay job with that and that's been recognized, so thank you. So when when a bunch of people then say that, and I guess why it's probably peed me off a little bit more is I got back to the hotel and I was talking to one of the referee's wives and she's like, oh yeah, a friend of mine texted me that. And I'm like, out of everything that she saw that night, not, not me by the way, all of those fights, she's commented on the fact that I said, Auckland, Australia. And I just it just blows me away that society is just kind of designed like that a little bit nowadays. Um, and I'm sure I'm guilty of it myself. And it's just sad, you know, it's just sad. But uh, anyway, I do, I, again, I, like if, if it is a big thing uh, in New Zealand, then I am sorry. Um, I didn't obviously mean for it. And I'd, uh, and I'd like to think that on my own social media and through the broadcast, I was I was celebrating what a beautiful place it was and how incredible the people have been to me. It, I've been left with such a positive um, just memory of of the whole thing. I'd move to I'd move to New Zealand when I'm when I'm retired. What a place! I don't have the snakes and spiders that Australia do, uh, and I can go and visit Sydney, which is probably my favourite city uh, in the world. So I can that would be very quick, a short hop. So yeah, that just that sort of stuff just does upset me a little bit because I'm a perfectionist. I like to do the very best job that I can at all times. Um, and that, this isn't a, a, a door ajar for people to come and, uh, and fire, uh, you know, barbs at me, by the way. I'm just saying I'm showing exactly how it is for me. And I, I'm not um, I, I'm not too big to admit it. So uh, yeah, that, that was that. Uh, but brilliant. Loved it. Great stuff. Looking forward now to London a home game. I believe that Paul Felder will be back to work. That's the next time you're going to see him. We'll be back with Dan and I. Cannot wait to see our our warrior friend share the microphone with him and a few beers afterwards. And I am so excited for that London card. We've got 
a, a few new um, fighters out of the UK that are debuting. Um, it's been a sellout. I've never had as many people reach out to me for, for tickets for this one. So I know it's going to be wild in there. I know that the UK fans are, are getting behind it. And I, and I really hope that they get behind um, that main event as well because Tyron Woodley is take is coming all the way over to, to London. A former champion is stepping into the octagon in London's O2 against Leon Edwards, who I still don't think gets enough credit, uh, credibility. I still don't think he's celebrated enough for what he's achieved. And he finally gets this big opportunity. But boy, is that a tough one. We're going to see exactly where he's at against Tyron Woodley, a, a, a legit champion, one of the best to, to ever do it. And... Um, and that is a big opportunity for Leon Edwards. He's going to need to go through him before he, he gets to the top. So looking ahead to that, um, thanks, guys, for listening to this. Uh, I, I like doing these. I don't do them enough, I feel. But I've got some facts and stats videos to do. I, I'm also uh, doing these the breakfast breakdown with my coach, Dave Lee. I haven't done the last two, but thank you to him and Charlie Leary, uh, my, um, my bald-headed stunt double, who has stepped in. Uh, and also, yes, I've got the podcast. I am doing a lot of stuff, right? I've got the Fwens podcast, which is filmed right here. I think next week we're getting together again. Uh, David G, Willie B, talking absolute nonsense. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Keep across it. I've, I'm across all the all the usuals, apart from TikTok. If someone can tell me how to do that. Do I really need to do that? I don't know. I feel like it's for the teenagers. Um, and they don't want to see my old face. So there it is. Thank you very much. I will see you next time if I'm not wearing the bow tie or perhaps in these surroundings. Adios. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.